class. It's like take out your notebooks. Welcome, Caleb and Amy, to the Untitled Van Life. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Cusick. Thanks for having us, man. Yes, thanks for having us. I love the look of your van via your FaceTime feed. It's like (laughs) you have a couch in there. and (laughs) It's uh, not a couch. It's it's a mattress on a mattress. Oh, (laughs) that's perfect van life. Mattressception. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of mattresses, so it's pretty similar to your house. Are they underwater? No. No. Okay. Wow, interesting. Keep going. Interesting take. But yes, as Cusick said, welcome to... (laughs) The Untitled Van Life Project podcast. I'm Amy, and I've got with me, of course, Caleb. Caleb. Me. <laughs> and then we have a special person joining us today. We have our friend, the one, the only, Alexander Lloyd Cusick, who I like. He just waved, I, even though you're not going oh, to see right. him waving. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not a vidcast. Just audio. I'll still wave. I'll still gesture occasionally. You're though. so friendly. Yes, um, Alex Cusick, also known as Sir Lloyd, also known as just Cusick. Or just Q. Yeah, you have a lot of nicknames. I have a lot of nicknames. Um, But yeah, Cusick is our friend. He's back in Nashville, Tennessee right now. He and Caleb have actually been friends since, like, what, kindergarten, first grade? First grade. Uh, First grade is when we met. Yes. First grade. And then I got adopted into the friendship um, it's still in process. Adoption's still in process. No, <laughs> it went it went through pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> okay, fine. no, I mean I have now been friends for like almost a decade. At this That's point. really crazy. We still remember when yeah. you guys met at that party in Murfreesboro, and you brought over that twelve pack Amberbach, and then. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I remember we talked about Death Cab. I don't. I actually. I mean, I remember hanging out that night. I don't remember anything we talked about that night. But I'm well, glad you do. I'm glad yeah, you I do. do. <laughs> I just remember being like, Cusick's cool because he likes Death Cab. And I was really, I mean, I'm still really into them, but I was very into them then. Oh, um, yeah, one of my high school bands, uh, we covered a few Death Cab songs. Oh. I don't remember yeah. covering Death Cab songs with you. He had other bands. <laughs> <laughs> I had other Damn. bands. <laughs> he had a lot of bands. But today on this podcast, we are starting a new series with Untitled Band Life Project. We are going to be talking about the show on Netflix called The Midnight Gospel. If you have not seen it, it could be a really cool thing to like watch each episode and then listen to our talks on each episode after you watch it. That could be really cool. But it's on no. Netflix. It's about, I don't know, an eight-episode, I think, series. Yes, um, eight episodes. But Cusick is actually the one. You were the first person I knew who watched this show. Yes, I watched And the, told us probably, to watch it. Yeah, I watched it maybe like two or three weeks after it came out, and uh, I was immediately like, oh, I'm going to be obsessed with this show. And I binge-watched it, I think, in like three days. Yeah, uh, and then and you then texted I, us like yeah, every day. Yeah, I tested, I tested <laughs> you guys for a couple of weeks, and it's been like, watch it, watch it, watch it. So. And we did. We finally did watch Good. it. We finally did watch it. I mean, it's a very approachable show for anyone who hasn't watched it. It is only eight episodes, and each episode's like, what, 21 to 23 minutes or something? Maybe 24. Maybe 24. To be honest, honest, I think the shortest episode is like 16 minutes, and then the last episode The last is like 30 plus. Yeah, it's like 37 or 38 minutes. So there are no rules, no boundaries with this show. There's just just no... Yeah, they they do their own thing. Each episode, they just make it work however they want it to work. So, in this podcast episode, we're going to be mainly talking about episode one, 
the first episode of Midnight Gospel. And to just kind of give you a little bit of a background on the show, I mean, I would, if I had to describe it in just like one sentence, it is basically like a visual podcast. So essentially, um, Duncan Trussell, who is the creator and he's the main character in the show, he has, he calls it a space cast, but it's essentially a podcast. In each episode, he travels to a different, um, a different world, a different universe via his simulator. <laughs> and he basically interviews people and they talk about, you'll, I mean, you'll get to hear what all they talk about because we're going to reflect on it as well. Um, Cusick, what captivated you in episode one? Like what made you want to keep watching this show? Um, well, a little background. I didn't know that much about the show, but I had... Um seen a little bit of Duncan uh, Trussell stand-up. We can name um, him Duncan. Uh, he was, he's always been one of my favorite guests on uh, the um, Joe Rogan podcast, which I know you guys probably don't listen to him that much. I don't listen. I mean, What is that supposed he, to mean? Well, I, I don't I, listen to podcasts. I'm not, tra- honestly, I'm not trying to so imply anything I'm just that. kidding. Um, but uh, whenever Joe Rogan has like comedians on those are episodes that I will normally listen to at least a good portion of. And so Duncan Trussell's like been one of my favorite guests of his. Um, and so I had heard the conversations that Joe Rogan and Duncan Trussell had on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I knew Duncan Trussell had his own podcast, which is With Joe uh, Rogan on it. No, it's, uh, I mean, maybe he's had Joe on as a guest. I actually don't know, but yeah, the Joe Rogan, family hour i think is what it's called or family podcast something like that um so i had also heard maybe one or two episodes of his own podcast um but yeah when the show came out i didn't know too much about it going in but i watched as soon as i watched the first episode i was like oh this has got like some kind of rick and morty visuals it's clearly taken from a podcast from a guy that i have found both entertaining in a humorous sense, Anna just talking in a, uh, even if it's only a pseudo-intellectual level of philosophy and spiritual spirituality, he still is a genuine dude, I think, uh, Duncan Trussell. So, um, yeah, going into it, as soon as I watched the first episode, I was like, oh, you got a little, like, semi-Rick and Morty visuals, you got a podcast of a really funny and thoughtful guy who seems genuine and honest, and then you add some comedic element. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, it immediately just had all these things that I loved. Also the simulator, both Caleb and I have been playing video games together since like first grade uh, when we first met. So yeah, the whole just like, I don't know, world that's built around too, that Clancy is in, um, I found I think, interesting. Yeah, I mean, to touch on more of just like what the show is, I think the comedic aspect almost comes from the stark contrast of the subject matter being discussed in the podcast with the completely bizarre, almost <laughs> yes, <laughs> random yes. and extreme, like cartoonish visuals. And yeah. like the, because the subject matters in the in the show are, are, I don't know, wide ranging and very deep. It's not just like comedy or. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, talking about meditation and 
death and uh, you know self-awareness and consciousness and all all this stuff dealing with uh, also cartoons fighting zombies the whole episode so it is <laughs> yeah. i mean honestly you know it, i think it takes it would take a lot for us to even make a podcast about any show there's plenty of shows we love but for some reason yes. this one struck us as like wow the the whole aspect of even the visuals and subject matter from the show just need to be chewed upon and oh, yeah. I think we no. all found, uh, we were like, hey, we should chew upon this together. No, I think this show is essentially as complex, if not more complex, than the first season of Westworld. I mean, like, but it's obviously different than Westworld. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Good so, uh, first time, sorry, I'm taking my shoes off. I guess, I guess get listeners, get listen, yeah, listeners don't need to know that, but I don't like wearing shoes, and I feel better without them on. Okay, you're on, you're on our um, virtual couch. So you guys just rewatched episode one last night, but the first time you guys watched it, um, I don't know what was your initial take. Hmm. I know, I know, the first time you guys watched, uh, you were a little thrown by the visuals and the audio being somewhat disjointed at least in the first couple episodes because it does seem like the animators are kind of figuring it out how to make it even work but I think they did an incredible job um but yeah what was your first experience watching it like my first experience watching it I mean it was literally at the end I was just kind of like whoa I want to listen to that conversation all over again yeah um the visuals I wasn't I don't even like I feel like my ears were so like completely pulled into the conversation that they were having that like there wasn't enough energy for my eyes to even really like like I was looking at the visuals obviously I was watching it but I wasn't really like taking anything of it in I was way more just listening um so yeah I remember the first time after watching it just at the end being like that was a really cool conversation like I want to hear that again and then I also want to like continue that conversation yeah. with friends or strangers with anyone I don't know it just it opened it opened a door within me I kind of feel like yeah and so then of course I wanted to keep watching more episodes um that's kind of how I guys, felt well and you guys should definitely t- uh, check out the Duncan Trussell family hour then his podcast okay okay I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and I'll go plug ahead it. and pl- plug plug some Duncan for you yeah does he have Joe on there Joe Rogan? I don't, I don't know if he's ever had Joe Rogan as a guest, but I will go ahead and just say anytime he is a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast, also listen to those. You will laugh hysterically, and you will listen to some of the most interesting conversations you've ever heard. I guarantee it. I just love Duncan because he plays No Man's Sky, which everyone... <laughs> that's right. I told you that. No Man's Sky. I, I told you he was a No Man's Sky fan, yeah, and yeah, now, you're, awesome. now you're obsessed with him. Yeah. Uh, but based on... Back to like kind of what I thought um, on the visuals, I feel like it took me a while to for for them to meet up for me the visuals with the subject matter i think in the, watching the first episode with like no background going into the show like not knowing what i didn't know which to follow i didn't know whether i should be more like paying attention more to like what they're saying or the visuals are actually going to tell like a, a deeper story at the end yeah well i rewatching so I was last night yeah right. rewatching last night i did kind of pick up that the visuals are um, often kind of misleading you. Yeah. Um, with, with the first For the episode, first few episodes, yeah. The first few episodes. And yeah, the first episode, you know, there's a point, 
uh, kind of in the middle of the episode, I think, where, you know, his guest in the fake virtual world, he's like, ends up being the president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, glasses man. Yeah. 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 Gla- just glasses man. He's just in his glasses man. But they're like sleeping by a campfire and there's some random little TV and there's a guy with a mustache and he's like, meet us at the mall. The, something in. at the mall. And yeah. <laughs> And so, I don't know, there's kind of these little things that are sprinkled, and you're like, oh, is this going to continue the plot of this virtual world that's getting taken over by a zombie apocalypse? But yeah. by the end by the end of the episode, it's like none of that, what happened in that world actually mattered. That world actually ended. Yeah. Um, it's like what happens in the simulated reality doesn't, like, all you get from that is the the audio <laughs> like well, nothing you, in the world like for, well you like, get progresses. the audio but every time clancy goes back to the real world he takes a pair of shoes mm-hmm. and i yes. think something something else comes with Some them souvenirs yeah and yeah and also later in the season you kind of hear about a complicated uh uh relationship he has with his sister and some like real life stuff that's going on um but as far as the first episode um distinguishing you know, because the the real world for Clancy is already in a strange place. It's like something ribbon, whatever it's called. Oh, the world that he lives in. Yeah, the real world that he lives in. It's I like don't know. The, some, the something ribbon. I don't know. I wanna, uh, the space ribbon, the something ribbon. I don't remember what it's called. It has the word ribbon in it. Anyway, that's like his real world, but it's also the real world is bizarre in itself. Um, mm-hmm. Before he goes to the virtual simulator so uh but yeah throughout the first episode if you're really watching the visuals there's like these little sprinklings of things that you see later in the episode and you're like oh is this are the visuals carrying to another narrative um but they don't really other than when you become a zombie you feel good i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah the zombies are actually just like spreading love yeah this is your running love. from I know, but like, I wonder if there's something there. Like, what's what's there in that message? I don't know, but I will say on the second watch through, like when we watched it again last night, I think how you described it, Amy, was how I really got it. Mm-hmm. Watching it through the second time, it's like the visuals were just kind of like entertainment, but my mind was really just listening to the whole um, the audio of of the talk between yeah. Duncan and. What's his name? Dr. Pinsky. Dr. Pinsky. Dr. Pinsky. And that's yes. really, I mean, the subject matter. Honestly, you don't even have to. The visuals are awesome, and I do think they, like, as the show goes on deeper into the season, they start lining up more, and I think being more yeah. complimentary. But uh, honestly, we also this morning just listened to the audio from the episode, and it was pretty awesome, too, just as a podcast. Just, yeah, just, yeah, as, just as an audio. So it's, it's that kind of show, which is, I don't know if there's ever been a show like that. Yeah. Really. Not that I yeah. know of. So I would say if anyone is listening to this and maybe you just watched the first episode or you haven't seen it yet, don't get frustrated if you get distracted by the visuals. They get better. A, they get better. (laughs) Maybe you just understand their place more. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the visuals are really good. I think that's what intrigued me so much about the visuals is they are like very Rick and Morty-esque. Yeah, and uh, they were done by the same guy that does Adventure Time, and I know Duncan Trussell has said he's like a complete genius, the main animator mind. Um, I don't know his name, but 
But yeah, I think the visuals are good, but I, I, I agree with Caleb. There's an episode, I think it's like episode four or five or something, yeah. that that's when you really feel like the visuals are lining up with the conversation a little bit more. Or like they like come together at the end in a or, way yeah, that's they, like yeah, a little they, more meaningful for both of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but I still enjoy, yeah, the visuals of this first one. It's just fun to watch. But yeah, as far as a show, the ultimate, like, stoner show where if you stone, get so stoned that you're either only watching it, but you're not listening, or you're only listening and not watching, you can get some entertainment out of it. Um, but, uh, as, as a fusion project, I mean, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if any... Or I think there is one show with Ricky Gervais where they kind of combined podcast and um, animation, but that's just like him and his friends telling stories, and then they make a kind of an, an animation of yeah. animated oh, yeah. version of the stories they're telling. And I think there used to be a show with like comedians telling jokes, and there was an animation of the joke they were telling. Um, but as far as the way Midnight Gospel has fused. Um, uh, podcast conversation and animation and storytelling I cannot think of anything close uh, but yeah I think it it stands out as unique um, but they also pull it off really well because by the end of I, you know once we get to the last episode I think all of us cried <laughs> yes um, which you For sure. wouldn't you wouldn't think from an animated show uh, for, like just when I saw the preview of the show and had never even seen an episode, I never ever would have imagined like <laughs> hey, really cry of, from that yeah, show. that I was gonna cry <laughs> at, the at the end of that show. Yeah, yeah, I thought I was like, oh, here's another good you know stoner show. It might have some good deep subject matters. I mean, Rick and Morty does that too, although they're a little bit more uh, jokey, uh, but um, and crazy, and uh, but. Uh, well, yeah, we're not talking about so, Rick yeah. and Morty. So if, you've never, so, so if you've never watched The Midnight Gospel, have we sold you on it yet? Yeah, have right? Have we talked about right? yeah, I mean, I feel like we've given adequate weight to its uh, singularity in terms of yeah. showmanship. Well, but we should, uh, we should go ahead and talk about the subject matter that is exactly. uh, talked about in episode, in episode one. one. Yes. Which is mostly um, drugs and meditation, are, which mm -hmm. are two subjects that kind of run throughout the entire show. But... Um, they're kind of at least on a surface level talked about here. Um, I guess drugs are kind of talked about first. They're talking about weed and especially the opiate uh, epidemic and, mm -hmm. and benzos. Um, I assume you guys, although I don't know for sure, but I know I've known people, uh, some closer than others, that have definitely fallen ill to the opiate epidemic in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, it is like a heavy subject matter, but, um, you know, they also talk about if weed was legalized, that that could probably help with the opiate epidemic and whatever. Yeah. Um, well, I think Dr. Pinsky has a really good, he has a really good statement, a really good point, and he says that he doesn't think any drugs are good or bad. He talks about them being right. just neutral. Neutral, And, right. like, it's just a chemical. It's just neutral. It's more what the person does with it that could make it good or bad or what the situation that's created with it or that right. it's taken in that can make it good or bad. See, I think that's a little general because almost any like inanimate object is that way. It's just how yes. humans approach it. Yeah. See, I, feel like, used, yeah. I guess I'm kind of in the in realm right now where I feel like 
naturally occurring uh, stuff like uh, drugs in nature or whatever, the compounds that make us trip are what I would lean towards over like synthetic stuff. So I, I don't know, good and bad are just too general of a spectrum to weigh drugs on. <laughs> it is. I yeah. mean, it is very general, but I just, I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of think there's some truth to it. Everything is, I mean, you said then that means like kind of everything is neutral. Yeah. I think, yeah, everything kind yeah. of is neutral. Like you assign yeah. meaning to what you want to assign meaning to. So you assign things good or you assign things bad. Or you can create an environment and try and blame it on the thing. Like, oh, this was bad for me yeah. or this was good for me. But it's kind of you created that. Yeah. yeah wow, no, we just I, hit I, the I, deepest I, subject right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know I, I do agree that it's. I, it's, I guess I try to take an agnostic view of everything, at least at first, or approach mm-hmm. at first. Um, and I think that's a good point with, um, with drugs. And yeah, he talks more about it's the circumstances, which um, is what I tell people if they're going to try psychedelics, that they should have intention. Like, I don't think it's a party drug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I mean, you can still take psychedelics at parties, and you you might have a good time with intention. Not, yeah, with, well, <laughs> with, with the intention to have fun at the party. Yeah, yeah. and in which, that uh, case, they yeah, are which not I'll do. A uh, I'll do a quick. I'm not uh, advocating any listeners to do or to not do whatever they want with whatever uh, things. Uh, are, <laughs> yep, uh, retweet that. We'll go ahead and echo that very specific statement. Yes, yeah. exactly yeah, as you worded it. That'll be yeah. our disclaimer yeah. on the podcast. Do yes. or do, yeah, do or do not, whatever you want or not want, with, with whatever. Whatever you have or don't. Don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Co- copy and paste, please. But, um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I think it is more circumstances, and I think, well, I... I will say, I, I don't know if I can go that blank of a statement on it. I know um, this is out of the realm of the show, but I do think, at least in the U.S., um, also, uh, to your listeners, I probably dive into stupid news stuff more than you guys do, uh, <laughs> for sure. So I might go into that. But um, Keep us I informed. Guess, yeah. Well, <laughs> someone has to out here in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I trust you, Cusick. Uh, you are my CNN. I don't. I don't know if I want to be woke or so if I. I don't think I want to be woke. I don't know. I've, I've now started calling them the uh, the wokest swarm, actually. But um, the wokest swarm. <laughs> the wokest swarm. Um, oh man, t-shirts for them. That's that's well, that's that's mean because I have a lot of friends that are probably in that category. I love them dearly, but um. Can still love them but what i was going to say about circumstances and drugs aren't bad i think in the u.s and one of my brothers went through this uh, you guys actually photographed his wedding uh, he was medicated as a kid and i think there's a lot of throwing medications at kids um, which i would say is often bad like i think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of throwing medicine at adults too well yeah no 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 good either yeah no i'm i i can we can just slam the um pharmaceutical company we'll just go ahead and write here two thumbs down (laughs) i mean unless they hire assassins to murder us but i think they're doing well financially and we're not actually a threat to them so but yeah pharmaceutical companies i don't i don't really trust i think they're just trying to make money off of 
drugging up the American public. I might yep. be going down the conspiracy. Uh, Take your soma pills, dude. Take your line. soma pills. <laughs> but medicating kids, I do. At that point, though, I don't think it's not like drugs are good or bad. It's the circumstances. I think those are typically the wrong circumstances. I think most kids don't need medication. They just need more time outside mm-hmm. and and more activity in general. Um, but at least once you're a legal adult, then I would more so agree that um, then I can just see it as like that ag- agnostic view of it. it's just chemicals. Um, it's as long as you have a heightened self-awareness, which I'm trying to to get this and segue this into the meditation talk, but because um, Duncan Trussell makes that comparison of just like how do we get to a place uh, that the drugs can potentially take us either without the drugs or just with some drugs help, but then we can potentially taper off of them. So he is a proponent, or he says in the episode he's a proponent of hallucinogenic drugs, and he yes. talks about he's talking with Dr. Pinsky about it who. Sounds like he hasn't experimented with them. And uh, Duncan, or his character in the show, his name's Clancy. Clancy's telling him that kind of what he feels and what he experiences on hallucinogenic drugs. Um, and Dr. Pinsky, of course, kind of gives his view of things and kind of like, well, what if, you know, kind of Clancy's talking about it like in a very enlightening way, a very yeah. self-aware way. And Dr. Pinsky's kind of like, well, what about if it's you go down? Like, you yeah, you don't get to experience all these, like, beautiful, enlightening epiphanies and realizations and moments of connecting with life. Like, what if, you know, your elevator goes down levels <laughs> yeah, and you go, end up in this... down two levels, yeah. And you end up in this kind of bad pit, which I think a lot of people are... I think that's most people's fear. Well, yeah. The, well, the visual you're referring to is one he elevator. like, yeah, the elevator where he says, uh, Duncan says that the psychedelics essentially would take you to the top floor of a tower and the door opens up and you see this amazing, awesome party that you could be a part of. And then when you come off of them, the door shut and you go back down to uh, normal. You know, normal ground. Um, right. And I think he's kind of advocating for it, like actually like psychedelics maybe could always be viewed as good and i know dr pinsky combats with well what if the elevator doesn't stop at floor zero but it goes two floors into the basement and duncan's like well you've still seen that top room that top party and mm-hmm. just you've seen it. it yeah you've seen you've it seen and it. you've experienced it and that you you were physically there it's like that as an independent experience mm-hmm. is good Mm-hmm. Oh, and, you know, they actually had this little line that was thrown in there, and I don't know the specifics of this, um, but it is weird as um, they, they said something, because <laughs> I think it was like the American founding fathers talked <laughs> about the idea yeah. of giving mushrooms to other world leaders to make mm-hmm. them more peaceful. <laughs> the ones that are evil. Yeah, which begs the question, how many of our, of the American forefathers did mushrooms and which ones were talking about giving mushrooms to foreign <laughs> leaders? I don't know any specifics about I mean, it this, was definitely but... John Adams. <laughs> I don't know. Well, recent... Adams? No, 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 just John Adams. Just well, recent... recently some you. of the, the wokest swarm tore down some, I think, Washington and uh, Jefferson statues, and I was like... Yeah, but maybe those two were the guys advocating shrooms. I don't want to take their statues, <laughs> statues down if they were advocating shrooms. Um, but, 
Yeah, that was an interesting uh, tidbit of history that I don't know how accurate that is. I don't know the specific people they were talking about. Um, but, uh, oh crap, I don't remember the second point I was going into. Of... We were talking about the elevator. The visual oh, right, the elevator. The elevator. Was oh, and they were, they were just talking about, yeah, what if it makes someone more evil or takes you down a couple levels? And mm -hmm. you guys have heard uh, the story all too many times. I did have a negative experience on, what? No. on the, on the, on the no LSD. Way. I don't believe that. Um, but you had a bad I trip? Had, Why didn't you tell I, us? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for the, for the listeners, which, you know, you guys probably at this point only have like three of them. Uh, no, okay, so ending well, the podcast if you would now. ever listen to it, <laughs> we could have four. How, I haven't listened to your podcast yet, <laughs> yeah, but you, so you've only done two episodes. Excuse it, you can be I, number four. I'm you can sorry. be the fourth listener. That's your I'm favorite number. I'm going to be the fourth listener. I do <laughs> promise you that, that I'm going to be listener number four. I don't know how big you're... Anyway. Um, but uh, I'm warning your audience that you two have heard this story, like, every time you talk to me. Not, a, <laughs> not, not every time you talk to me, but... Um, but yes, I had a negative experience on LSD when I was 22, and it was definitely, uh, it definitely hung, I mean, it was like a terrible experience. Um, and it, it pretty hung, it hung heavy with me for like a year, but I definitely look back as a, it was a, ultimately a positive thing. Um, but there's no guarantee like i do understand their concern when they're talking about it you know i think there are certain people that if they went through a bad experience like that they might get stuck there or they might never come out of it i have a um, question about your bad trip even though i've heard so much about it i still have a okay. question okay. do you feel All like right. you saw you experienced the top level of the elevator in that bad trip as well down. and then came down good question the top level no like, no, so you don't I think don't. you ever saw that that party going on that you got to be a part of? I saw, I saw that I saw that when I did mushrooms for the first time, which I did before I did LSD. But when I did LSD, I, I never. Really it was saw all that. bad. I wouldn't or say it was all. I wasn't. Low. I wouldn't say I it know. was all bad. I think it started out just kind of a weirder energy. Um, but it was like the first couple hours. I wouldn't say were bad. There was just a point where it started to definitely go south, and I was I was dropping a level, let's say the first level of the basement, and then, you know, second level of the basement, and then all the way into the depths of, of hell. I mean, I suffered what's the known as... The seventh level? Uh, well, there's nine levels of hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, the seventh, I was just asking if you the made se it to the, se level. the seventh level is where warmongers go, and I don't think I'm a warmonger, so I wouldn't have gone to the seventh Debatable. level. Debatable. <laughs> well, I guess I play a lot of Battlefront too, so maybe I've I am seen you a kill longer. a lot of people virtually. You've seen me kill a lot of clones. And what's? I mean, the virtual world is essentially its own separate universe. That's true. Moment, Actually, so. you're the worst. You're far worse at massacres because you Shut play up. GTA Five and Red Dead Redemption Two, and you just oh, murder. Everyone. RDR is intense. RDR can't get it. It can also be very peaceful. <laughs> yeah, the other night, yeah, yeah I asked yeah, Amy if it was okay. By the lake. Yeah, I asked her if it was okay to play RDR the other night because I was like, it's going to be extremely peaceful at times when I fish, and then there's going to be just massive gun battles out of nowhere. So. I fish. <laughs> <coughs> while I she's trying to sleep. Water. Yes, this is what happens while I'm sleeping. 
Yes, in our house, yeah. I could just go to the bedroom and be fine. But now in the van, it's like right next to my ear. So yeah. it's got to well, be. I think, I feel like you two talking about Red Dead Redemption 2. I'll go ahead and plug someone else. Uh, Girlfriend Reviews Red Dead Redemption 2, I thought was pretty <laughs> Oh, I think you sent me that. I know you've yeah, sent me some of you sent me some of her stuff. I remember you yeah, sent me the, audit, the Assassin's right, we'll, Creed. Okay, we'll have to start our video game podcast like next. <laughs> Let's get back to. <laughs> okay. We'll do it ap- right. right after this. Right. We'll do it right after. Right this. We're gonna podcast okay. all afternoon. Got yeah. it. Okay, so you felt like you just went down, down, down. Yeah, I went down. I suffered what's known in, as in the uh, psychedelic community as an ego death, mm-hmm. um, and. I kind of lost all sense of self. I thought I died. I thought I was getting So you also apart. almost had a physical death. Well, what, I, was, I mean, I, what was the last thing sure. you said about your heart? You torn apart. Oh, torn yeah, apart. I felt like I was made of thread and I was getting like un, unwoven at like the speed of light, basically, just like incredibly fast. Um, I, I, had, I had some roommates that were um, religious that like thought I was demon-possessed, essentially. So what do you attribute... I feel like I've heard this story before. <laughs> I don't think I've... I honestly, I honestly don't think I've heard it in this detail. I don't know. I feel like I oh, have... Okay. So I'm, in, maybe I'm like very intrigued drinks. by this conversation. Maybe, okay, sure. maybe, I, maybe the first night we met after we talked about Death Cab, we talked about this, but I had already had like <laughs> three Amber Box. I don't think we talked about my bad trip the first time we I met, don't think but we did. Maybe, maybe we did. Maybe we did. Maybe the second time. Um, what, what was your environment like? Well, I was at my house. Um, I had lived in that house for about a year at that point. Um, But I had a lot of roommates, and um, I invited two people over to trip with me. So the three of us were tripping, but then there were still, like, potentially ten other people at the house hanging out that weren't tripping. So you've got a different, you know, there's a different dichotomy yeah. there of people going, doing psychedelics than not. Um, we started, though, by, like, just watching the sunset at the top of a hill. Um, Sounds like positive vibes. Well, the thing is, though, it oh, hadn't kicked It hadn't kicked in yet, technically. Like, we had just put it on our tongues. Um, dissolved me. <laughs> yeah, dissolved it. And then we walked up to the top of the hill to watch the sunset. Um, and the sunset was beautiful, but I was not feeling the effects of the LSD yet until we went back to my house. Um, and we were just hanging out on my porch, um, and I started to feel the effects, but also, you know... Like, we've gotten this story in reverse. It's been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um... You're like, I'm not going to tell it, and then slowly you've told every part of it. Well, I've been asking, too. Oh, okay. I've been yeah, Amy, Amy, Amy asked the question. But, um... But I do, I do think the fact that it was getting darker... I mean, I'm not scared of the dark now in adulthood. As a child, sure I was. Um, but I think the fact that there was, like, beautiful sunset, and then, I don't know, it started to get darker. The fact that, like, a lot of people were over hanging out, but they were hanging out with different intentions than me and my two friends that were hanging out to that would experience be LSD. Mm-hmm. It would be weird to be on a trip with other people in the vicinity who, like, aren't part of it. Yeah, and well, which I mean, those people, I you know, were friends, and I I didn't necessarily mind that they were there. Um, but then we started watching uh, like a Netflix show about space. It might might have been like Carl Sagan's old um, whatever, talking about the universe and stuff. Um, and at one point, one of the people I was 
tripping with, which I don't want to blame him. I'm not going to name drop him anyway. Um, it's not our mutual friend that you guys will be talking to probably soon. Um, it was the other guy. Uh, I started laughing at something in the show, and he was like, dude, just be serious for a second. Like, he didn't want me to laugh for a second. I remember oh. that got my mind into a really anxious state of, like, I, I really... Cause I, I understand realized I that. I think ho- that would trigger me, too. Yeah, well, I was, like, yeah. host... You know, I was essentially the host for these two, but there were other people that lived at the house that weren't doing psychedelics, and I, I think something about that moment put me into, like, oh, am I hosting... Do I need to make sure they're having a good time? So all of a sudden it was like I wanted to be the trip sitter for them too, but I was tripping really hard. <laughs> um, and so I got anxious about being a host. I got anxious about like, well, I wanted to laugh, but he just told me not to laugh at something. It's like, do I need to be more serious or whatever? And so I got, I got into this really anxious loop. I went down to my kitchen to get some water, and the walls were just like breathing so intensely and uh, it felt like the walls were like starting to slowly slowly cave in on me and at that point I was that it was just kind of all downhill from there and I eventually blacked out like I don't remember the specifics apparently you survive? I survived I survived oh, but I God, my room God. my roommates yeah I did survive but my roommates told me I had like gorilla strength and it took four of them to like tackle me and just hold me down for a few hours I mean Cusick I'm not surprised have you seen your buys <laughs> I was about to say I would love to see you with gorilla string. <laughs> well, I that mean, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I didn't know I had gorilla strength, but so, I didn't think I was dying. Wow, it's very intense. I can totally understand though how that just one questioning of like anything you were doing, like just someone questioning maybe something you did. I can totally just see how that would just, like, start well, to spiral. Yeah. It was, like, my natural, honest reaction was to yeah. laugh at something, which wasn't necessarily super funny, but that was my reaction on LSD, was to laugh at this thing. And it wasn't something inappropriate to laugh at, but my other friend, who was also tripping, he was kind of in a different mindset. And I don't think he was in a bad mindset. I know he definitely wasn't trying to throw me into a bad yeah, mindset. Yeah, yeah, totally. but, the, but the fact that I laughed at something that he was not laughing at and that he semi-corrected me on it while I'm also hosting these two people in my house on psychedelics. Uh, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of my mind kind of going into like a negative loop, in a sense. Or an, anxious, you, an anxious loop. I heard you mention the ego death part. Um, what do you feel like after, like afterwards, so the next few weeks or few months after that ego death did you feel like you had let go of part of yourself or you had like shed something about you that like was very ego based and not rooted in truth or not real? Or was it just like more of a horrifying Um, experience? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds horrifying, but like, was there a, was there like a revealing or like a shedding and revealing of your inner truth that came later? Um, Yes. uh, But I would say that it wasn't till much a good bit later yeah I think when it first happened I mean I definitely was trying to analyze it um the first the day after though I like I barely slept that night and I ended up like walking to a friend's house uh, and just like I don't know anyway I uh but so I didn't necessarily have any epiphanies like that week but I would say that following week 
um, a few things happened, and I definitely was just like, I need to analyze some things and change some things, but I didn't know what they were necessarily. I definitely, uh, one aspect that I think probably within a month was just like, I was concerned that I definitely did care too much what other people thought of me, um, which is something that we all deal with, you know, caring about what other people think of us to some degree or the other, except for the complete, um, I guess, sociopaths or whatever. But, um, but I think letting go of that ended up being important, but it, it was almost exactly a year later, after the bad LSD trip, I decided to do mushrooms for the second time, um, and that was an excellent trip, and that was more of a, that was absolutely a seeing the top of the elevator and uh, then coming back down, and it was something that I really needed after the year of like just trying to analyze exactly what the bad LSD trip was trying to tell me. Um, although that year is also the year that Skyrim came out, and I really <laughs> lost, my, lost my life to Skyrim too, so you which had a was really major trip. Well, it was well that was a great distraction. Um, as, even though that's probably like my favorite game of all time, I was also mentally trying to analyze myself, and that was the perfect escape of not having to analyze myself. I was just like, I just want to play Skyrim all the time. I still want to play Skyrim all the time, but I also want to analyze myself properly too. So you know, there's a healthier blend now. Okay, but, um, so hold on, I got a question. Okay. So like, good, kinda, good I question. mean, it goes along, but so I guess this whole thing started with talking about whether drugs are good or bad, and we're yes. like, circumstances make them good or bad, but even right. hearing you talk about your bad trip again, which I've heard right. multiple times, and it's always like, we just refer to it as the bad trip, would you, looking back on it now, like even nine years, still consider it bad? Like, or was the, the trip actually good, in a, like, inherently with what came from it? That's what it, because I talking about mushrooms and i've never done lsd but mushrooms uh like before i'd even done them i'd heard multiple people always talk about their bad trips and i'm like i don't think i can have a bad trip on mushrooms like i feel like even if it takes me to those lower levels of the basement knowing uh -huh. myself further is like the ultimate goal like even if like knowing those sure. basement levels is like a progression in who i am so i feel like you really had those moments with the ego death and everything you talked about the acid trip so like looking back on it would you say it's good or bad how would you judge it we always refer to it as bad but it's almost like i feel like definitely good things came from it yeah um hold on just a second <laughs> all right think about that one <laughs> Um, so I would say mostly, I, uh, like, do you think yeah, in, a, in the, in the hypothetical situation that I could go back, would I do it again? No. Well, I definitely, but you wouldn't, wouldn't put yourself through that. I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't have done the second. Uh, also, I guess I should mention that I did two hits. I initially started with one. And then, oh, like, went to the second one. maybe maybe like an hour and a half or two hours later, I was like, eh, this isn't strong enough. Let's do two. <laughs> so that was definitely a mistake. She's taking uh, It was an Amazon delivery person, and she was barking at them. Okay. Was it Jeff Bezos? <laughs> Jeff. It was Jeff, Be Jeff Tell Bezos him to himself. In poverty, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, could you share some money, bro, rather than paying... 
people in India less than $2 to deliver your goods. That was the most recent story about Jeff Bezos I read. Anyway. No, um, a new one just came out 12 seconds ago. You haven't seen it yet? Oh, no, I haven't. We get all the issues <laughs> dealing with Jeff Bezos. So, okay, the question, um, is it truly bad if I got something positive out of it, even if it took maybe a year later? I don't know, because, I mean, I, I'm a unique case. I, uh, if, I, if I can pat myself on the back, I don't know the percentage of human beings that could go through that experience and come out on a, the other side positively a year later. Maybe it's everybody, maybe it's a small percentage. Um, so to say, I don't know. I can't, I can't give a ju judgment if it was good or bad. So that was like nine years ago? Yeah, yeah, that would have been would have been almost exactly nine years ago. Do you think I, it's I mean, been like the single day, most but... impactful event maybe to happen in the last decade to you? Like how much has it shaped who oh, you yeah, become yeah. in your, I would, your mindset? I would definitely put that in the top five things that have happened to me in the past decade. And do you like where uh, you're at now? Probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I so like, like you can't be where you are now without having been where you without... were then. Yes. That well, doesn't mean is... he wants to go back there. <laughs> I wasn't saying go well, back. I'm just saying, like, if I think it's, I view that stuff in a positive light then. Even though it's, well, like, yeah, a bad no, trip, it's led to where you are now, which is in, in a positive Well, spot. yeah, that's how, that's how I try to look at it. Or I look at it through, like, the mythological lens of the hero's journey. Odysseus went through some <laughs> shit. But, you know, like... Um, Odysseus. You know, it's not that he wants to have to like face the cyclops again but did facing the cyclops make him stronger eh, possibly did listening did listening to the sirens or you know what i should actually compare it to the sirens okay so everyone st straps him to a boat this might be what a good thing of what a bad trip is so they strap him to the boat <laughs> and they plug up their ears i think with like cotton and honey so that they can't hear the siren songs because if they hear the siren songs and they'll go towards it and they'll crash in the rocks um but odysseus wants to experience the song of the sirens but um but you know not steer his ship and his crew into moral danger so he makes them deaf so that they'll go the right way but he wants to listen to it and he basically like goes insane listening to the siren song um he he hears i don't know if it's wonderful it's a mix of wonderful and terrible but he wants to go towards the sirens but uh he's strapped to the boat and his crew is uh making sure they don't steer for bad crap so uh but yeah him losing his mind after the siren song i don't know after they pass that area i think yeah, it, it did make him stronger, but I don't know if uh, I don't know if Odysseus ever reflected if um, he would want to listen to the siren song again without while being strapped to the boat. That wasn't my. I never asked if you wanted to do it again. <laughs> I was just <laughs> asking how you viewed it. Now. I thought you did. No, I, I, I don't said, know why those words keep on. No, I just said how do you view it now? Like as a good or bad trip was what we were talking about. Well, I still view it as. Like, <laughs> I think you've answered it. I think yeah, I guess I've, I've answered on. it. I've answered, okay, move on. So, they have all this talk about. Or Duncan just talks about um, psychedelics and how they have given him this experience. And so, Dr. Pinsky kind of comes in with, okay, 
how can we like get to that point or have those experiences without using any kind of drugs? See the top right. level of the elevator. Mm-hmm. The how party. can we get right. to that party at the very top of the elevator, at the top of the building, on our own? And, and that's when. Duncan, yeah, talks about and we can't. <laughs> and we can't. <laughs> we End can't. of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> So well, that's when he I brings mean, in the idea of meditation and the idea right. of mindfulness. Right. And so... Uh, Which is actually the meat I, of the episode. We've been talking about the drug Yeah, we've been talking about the whole drug the whole time. The well, meditative mindfulness yeah, we, part is the meat. We have some drug stories, but yes, mindfulness... But you gotta get you got to use drugs to get the mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to, but I would say that it helps. Um, but yeah, you guys have been doing... Um, forms of yoga or meditation for quite some time. Um, I got really into meditation actually uh, the year after my uh, bad LSD trip. I, so that is definitely a positive, I will say, is um, one go. thing. There one we go. Thing, yes. Yeah, prop, prop, proper segue is, yeah. That I'm going to call it the, the positive acid trip now. <laughs> yeah, pos- positive LSD trip. Um nine years ago then yeah i'd say about eight years ago is when i got like really heavily into meditation um i even started going down to like this buddhist center in um in georgia uh multiple times a year for weekend meditation retreats the tabernacle um uh, it's not that yeah. it's, a music, it's a music venue <laughs> um, it's not no no that. no no it's not um the tabernacle but it's um I need to look it up. I don't care. The name of the place. Is. <laughs> oh well. Whatever. Anyway, I sound like I, well, I sound like Duncan now talking about uh, I don't know meditative things, but not being able to get specific. I feel like he forgets names of lots of things. <laughs> anyway, but um, so yeah, twenty at age twenty three and twenty four, those were like the main two ages that I got heavily into meditation. Um, I don't know exactly the age that you guys started getting into yoga and forms of meditation, and I know um, uh, you're uh, uh, losing your psychedelic virginity was within the past year for both of you. Um, <laughs> what a way to word it. <laughs> uh, I was there for one of them. Um, so, but yeah, when when did a meditation i guess get in your you guys's uh field of vision and something that you really wanted to focus on Mm. i would say i mean i started getting into yoga first right um which i mean i would say now that they are obviously very much intertwined and a union of of sorts but um i definitely got into yoga first probably I don't know, maybe when I was 25 or 26, probably 25, because when is when it really started becoming like a daily practice. Um, and then I feel like, I feel like yoga opened the door to meditation for me. Um, okay. The more I started like becoming aware of my breath while moving my body and then learning to just sit with my breath after having moved my body, which is honestly yoga was created to prepare the body to sit in meditation for long periods of time. So I feel like I kind of followed that path of like practicing yoga. I didn't have the idea of meditation as an end goal in my mind, but eventually it just kind of naturally happened um, because I was able to actually feel and recognize I have breath in my body and I can feel it coming in and leaving. And I mean, it sounds so simple, but it's something that 
took me to till 25, 25 years into this life to kind of become aware of. Um, and then, yeah, meditation just kind of became a part of the practice. And I think something now that I've really, when it comes to meditation, that I feel like I've opened my mind to and kind of ran with is that it doesn't have to look um, a specific way. I think a lot of people, when they think of meditation, they think of sitting on a pillow for 20 minutes and breathing. Right. And it can look like that. I've done that many times. Obviously, it's very beneficial and can heighten your awareness. But I also think I don't like limiting it to just that. A meditation can be a walk. It can be oh, yeah. cooking. It can be exercising. Yoga off the mat. Yeah. It can be petting your dog. I mean, oh, anytime yeah. you're just like aware. Playing Skyrim. <laughs> I haven't experienced <laughs> that one yet. Anytime you're just aware of the awareness within you or aware of your breath, I think is meditation. Um, but it took a while, I think, for me to understand that and get to that point. Yes. Uh, but I feel like that's Kayla. where I'm at now. Okay. Yeah, no, Kayla, I, I like what you said. I feel like the term meditation and what it's meant has just been constantly evolving since I kind of originally got into yoga, I don't five-ish years ago yeah, is when we kind of like really started, like, committing to trying and doing yoga. And I think Amy's right, like, that yoga... I mean, yoga is a stepping stone to just mindfulness. It's like, be aware of your breath, be aware of your movements with your breath, and then it's like, then you can remove all movements and just be aware of your breath. And that's kind of how it leads to that mindfulness. And I feel like that's the journey I've kind of gone on. I feel like it's honestly been within the last year and a half where I've really dove into that kind of meditation or that really intentional mindfulness of, I'm going to sit here for 15 to 30 minutes and just like, be just yeah and and if that doesn't if i lose that i can connect back to my body breathing and just its natural life cycle um and then just try to exist um that kind of aspect of meditation which i know seems a little more traditional probably what people think probably i mean i just kind of dove into that within the last like year year and a half to where i was like being very intentional with setting aside time to just try and exist <laughs> or not try <laughs> honestly it's impossible to try to exist mm -hmm. it's a paradox yeah. you either exist or you're you're either here or you're not here <laughs> uh so yeah it's it's i feel like it's a new thing to me honestly every day every time i sit down and want to meditate it's like a new uh definition for it <laughs> in my life yeah so in the show clancy talks about um how when he Meditation has helped him, like, with his anger issues. He talks about how um, he's realized he just, he has some bouts of anger sometimes. And what? that meditation has helped him become more aware of that. And um, he can, like, feel it coming sometimes now and just witness it happening instead of reacting yeah. to it. He can just see the emotion come and see it for what it is. And then it just kind of, like take note of it take note of it note it the noting process and then it kind of just moves along have yeah. either of y'all had any practice with that when it comes to like dealing with emotions or noting emotions and watching them pass by or uh yes um you know in um i don't know if they ever use this term in the show because i only rewatched the first episode as you did um, but the term in Buddhism is like monkey mind, which is, mm -hmm. you know, your mind's just kind of racing. Um, and I definitely do get that. So, so I mean, like, even though I've been, been doing meditation off and on for like 
seven or eight years now, um, it still feels refreshing every time I do it mm-hmm. because I, I do fall into monkey mind still plenty, but I have, yes, I, I have a heightened awareness of when I'm going into monkey mind. I also have a heightened awareness of like, if I'm feeling a strong emotion over something and just kind of sitting with it and kind of just reflecting on on it for what it is but not getting too worked up in the emotion itself just kind of like letting the emotion itself kind of float um not that i'm a master of it or anything but there's definitely a heightened awareness of like oh like this thing is frustrating me right now and i'm in a state of frustration and it's not going to last forever but it's like how can i be a little bit i don't know better or a little bit more at peace with this in the moment the fact that I'm able to kind of have a a slight third person view of myself or something or the emotion it's more like witnessing as opposed to reacting Mm. yeah yeah what about you Caleb yeah I love um I actually love what the example Duncan gives in the show of hearing a dog bark when you're in meditation and then because that's happened yeah I feel like uh that's the exact thing that's happened to me when I even first tried, you know, or got into meditation. It was like one of our dogs likes to bark a lot, and <laughs> one you of your guaranteed, dogs named Jet. Guaranteed, if I, yeah, named Jet. <laughs> He's gonna bark at some point, and you I know what? You. Still to this, to still Jet. to this day, it happens weekly, almost oh, yeah. daily, where um, I will hear him bark, and and honest, and I feel that, like, initial just reaction bubbles of just, like, anger or, like, yeah. uh, not even anger, just Annoyance. a reaction. Annoyance. Or it's just, like, I want to, my, even my physical body just wants to react immediately and scold him and, like, make, you know, quiet him. Um, yeah. And sometimes that, I still, I snap out of it and I do that. And other times I can, like, witness it come up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that action made me feel this way, but that's not who I am at the moment and you can let that yeah. pass you have awareness of that you're greater or your your emotions are outside of who you are in your life cycle um in your energy so yeah I've definitely had, had those moments yeah. uh with the dogs specifically I love the way Duncan words it too he says in the show that like he says they say I don't really know who he's talking about but he says they say like when you feel like an emotion like frustration or annoyance or anger or whatever come up when you're meditating or when you're not when you're just being to like view it as like this rare animal like coming out of the forest and you just kind of like watch it for what it is just this rare majestic animal and you should watch it you witness it and kind of you know examine it maybe be in a little curious and in all of it and then and then it goes away yeah well i love what you were saying about the the monkey mind cusick um, another word I like to call is the matote or like the many voices in your head and I think that's one thing that when I've been talking to people even like within the last year who don't m- meditate per se but like are curious of it I think the thing that is not approachable to them is like if, if I try to sit down and just exist literally my mind races for the whole minute the whole 30 seconds if mm-hmm. I even try yeah. for 10 seconds it's like I'm I'm just like it's racing the 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 monkey has taken over or the matote you can't quiet the voices yeah. and I think the and thing I, I try to portray to them is like it's not about quieting, quieting the voices it's just about like almost listening to them letting them have their space and realize that you are separate from those voices and you can let yeah. them pass and still remain 
and like not to scold yourself but mm-hmm. like to hold forgiveness for yourself if you know when the voices aren't positive or yeah no when I they think clutter that's, your mind I think that's a yeah a really great point because a lot of people that I talk to um, especially you know in my mid to late twenties when I was first getting into meditation yeah, you're was old. was I'm old now um, when uh, yeah people. I guess kind of being scared of the monkey mind or the fact that that comes up and me having to yeah kind of say what you said it's like it's not about stopping the monkey mind like the monkey mind is pretty much inevitable unless you are yeah. a 100% enlightened master yeah I mean, I'm not saying like, you can't get there but, but I'm not there <laughs> I mean I, I'm pretty sure even like the Dalai Lama's just been like yeah. I mean it probably happens the least with him but he's no Kona he's, he, he's still he's oh and Kona, Kona there's Kona Kona first then the Dalai Lama um, but yeah the fact that like the fact that monkey mind discourages people but it, it should be the thing that gets you even more into meditation because that's almost like the first um I don't want to call it an obstacle because it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's kind of the one of the first things that you start to analyze and become aware of. Yeah, it's and, like um, it is the first thing. You sit down to, to yeah. do it the first time, and it's like, wow, I can't stop not thinking. I can't thinking. stop my mind. And, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I it never goes away, or at least, not, I don't want to say it never goes away, but for me, even though I've been, it's been a practice of mine for a few years, it hasn't gone away. And I think, but that's... I think that's when the keyword practice comes in. Like, I don't shoot for perfection of like no monkey mind and like I'm gonna stay. Yeah, on I don't my think breath. the goal is to get to yeah. a point where there's no monkey mind. It's <laughs> yeah. just being aware mm-hmm. of it when it comes. But I that's I feel like that's why it's called a practice because it's just constant. Like there's gonna be some days where the monkey mind feels or your mind feels louder than other days. But can it kind of like what you said, Caleb? It's just a practice of practicing forgiveness and self-compassion and patience with yourself and those moments when you do I mean those moments when you realize oh I've just been in my mind for the last couple minutes and you come back to the breath that's it that's awareness that's the the gold right there and if that happens once in 15 minutes that's amazing like that's the gold right there well yeah I was talking to a friend and she was like yeah I like tried to meditate the other day and I couldn't shut my mind off and I'm like you didn't try you meditated like that that is it you were aware that of how like scattered or your thoughts were and like that's where the awareness starts Mm -hmm. is being aware of your mind being so full of what's not necessary to just existing at the moment and I think letting awareness of awareness awareness of awareness that's what what a doctor whatever says in the show awareness of awareness and I think awareness. spreading that message meeting reality on reality's terms yeah. is that yes. what Duncan uh, yeah. says yeah. I think spreading that message about meditation is huge because I think I mean I'm sure we all had this idea that like if we thought it would look different like we thought it was going to be your mind is just empty and you're totally focusing on your breath for 20 straight minutes always yeah. every day which I have a note about that once you're done making your point Okay. Sorry. which not saying that that's unattainable or uh-huh. bad but um, I think there's way more to it and like I said those little nuggets of gold in meditation or those things that you can take away from your time sitting in meditation are just those moments of being aware that you had left that you had entered your mind and left your body mm-hmm. yeah. like I don't think those get as much um, praise and 
don't know. They don't get talked about as much as they should. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and they don't... They are kind of like these tiny victories that are mm-hmm. hard to um, articulate or properly celebrate. But, I mean, that is the goal. But a um, step but forward the, is a step forward, no matter how small. Y- yes. Um, but uh, the point I was going to make... I don't know if you guys have mentioned this in your previous podcast, because I haven't listened to the first two episodes yet. Um, <laughs> Hurry, you got to be the fourth listener. Go. Okay, I'm going to be listener number four, I promise Put it you. Put now. Um, <laughs> while, while we're still talking yes while we're still talking <laughs> listen to, to our podcast anyway I don't know if you guys have mentioned uh, that you were you guys are from the south we were all born uh, or raised in middle Tennessee in a uh, religious conservative environment I tried to forget about um, that man thanks for bringing it back up <laughs> <laughs> no, just consider it a bad trip that you gotta face man. um, um. Anyway, uh, but I was actually told um, when I was very young there was a very anti-other religions and spiritual philosophies uh, conversations that happened, and um, I was told that Buddhism, or Buddhist meditation, which it doesn't have to be Buddhist meditation, I mean, we're just talking about mindfulness meditation, um, but uh, under, they used more the guise of Buddhism, since it's kind of a religion, uh, more of a religious philosophy, but uh, yes, Christians around me told me that Buddhist meditation is dangerous because if you do successfully um, calm calm your mind and empty it, then it gives space for demons to enter your mind and take over your body. <laughs> so I was wow, literally told that. Hot That's take. scary. Yeah, I don't no. know. So, I don't know how old I, you were when I, you were told I was that. Told, I think we were told the same version of things. I was told if you try and think outside the bubble, you're just going to enter territory where it's only negative and evil. Uh, like expanding your mind is essentially evil. Yeah, which is That's pretty much the same thing. Insanity to me. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. similar. Pretty similar. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I mean, well, there was definitely a anti-intellectualism in um, in the Christianity. Well, I'm not going to do a broad. Well, that's the only one I really know from experience. Well, let's go with church. Let's go with Southern Church of Christ. I'll give a broad stroke for uh, the Southern Church of Christ denomination. I'll just I'll just call all of that stupid and evil and intellectual. (laughs) I'm not going to do that with all of Christianity because I still have a large percentage of Christian friends that are like personal heroes of mine, but. Um, oh, thanks, Cusick. Whoa. Oh, are you one of them? Are <laughs> you saying you're a hero or a Christian? I don't know. You'll never know. Listen oh, to the next okay. episode to find out. Yeah, well, yeah. tune in for episode two. Yeah, or four, I mean, or whatever I feel episode. like we should be wrapping it up soon. Yeah, we, yeah, we should. Forever. But, um, but yeah, the, the point that I was getting is, uh, oh, I guess I'm just saying that I'm really brave for having ever started to meditate because I was told that I would be... Um, taken over by demons if I ever tried to meditate. Um, so yeah, I was I was trying to briefly sprinkle in that we had a, a past that I think was the antithesis of the journey that we are all on now. Um, yes. But I think all of us believe we're on uh, the better path, not that we won't uh, occasionally stumble on whatever paths all three of us are on now. But uh, yeah, we came, we came from a... a a background that um yeah most people don't end up i guess where we have 
which is a, both a compliment to all three of us and also a, a, a head-scratcher, a surprise. How did we get here? How did we get here? I don't know if we can Stay go tuned. into that question right now. <laughs> no, I, no I, I know. The point is Stay we're not tuned. going into that question now. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make sure we have some proper hype for talking about the rest of the season. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, episode one. Wow. Episode one, y'all. Um, where do I email the audio to you guys? Oh, is that it? Oh, uh, sorry. Um, I guess I... Sorry, I'm putting my shoes back on, so that's a sign that I'm okay. wrapping up. Cusick's wrapping up. Well, I feel like... I mean, we we got to close it out. You can't just be like, okay, where do I email this? Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that what, was just the end right there. We talked about... A, a way you sign off? I don't know. No, but everyone listening if you've made it this far into the episode yeah, thanks. Thanks thank you so much to a bunch of strangers yes two in a van one in his parents house because <laughs> he, no, he doesn't have internet at his house we're so millennial i know we are so millennial <laughs> but yeah thank y'all so much for listening um obviously i would i can't recommend it enough watch oh. midnight gospel yes yes and then come it. join in the conversation somehow Dude. i don't know how yeah much. if you want but that's all this is is us not knowing shit and then trying to know shit and <laughs> get better you know we don't know anything no, <laughs> yes i'm excited to i don't know see see where this journey goes see where this podcast Indeed. goes me too yeah. okay. peace thanks for listening yo peace, peace. thanks for listening